You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 30 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the very happy and proud of herself, Gina Militia, this week. <laughs> well, I'm how so, are you, Gina? I'm so happy. I'm so proud of myself. And I'm why is that? Proud. I'm uh, talking to you from my brand new treadmill desk. Are you walking? I'm not because if I was, you'd probably hear the uh, the hum of the treadmill. So I've uh, I've turned it off for for, for this podcast. Okay, I, I, we I should do we should do off. one where you are walking just to see what it's like. Yeah, we should. So next time, maybe I'll I'll set it up and um, we can do that for sure. But um, why are you so proud of yourself, Gina, about the treadmill desk? I'm guided at myself, Val. So, but know. with some help from from some listeners of of this podcast too. Some I know. Suggestions. I've got some great information from some listeners, and then I've also been online, and and uh, some some other amazing people have uh, worked out how to actually hack a treadmill so mm. that. You- take the console off and just have the bottom, the walking part of it uh, under the desk only. And then, you know, with the help of the amazing IKEA, I've gone and mm-hmm. uh, found all the components and, and put it all together and put together something that I'm like very, very happy with. And like what's I thought, uh, I don't know, I'd get on it for maybe an hour a day or something and the most of it would be a standing kind of desk. But I find myself, I'm like I'm always on it and I have retouched photos walking on the treadmill. I'm walking at about 1.5 k's an hour. What's that in miles? Is that about three miles an hour? Is it double? Oh, yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's not fast. But I, I'm able to uh, – I've been retouching images and I've um, been doing uh, a lot of writing as well on the treadmill and I find that when I'm writing, you just go into this zone. You, you get into this, this um, amazing zone and, and you, you, your thoughts are really clear and I'm far more creative when I wow. write. I just I'm loving it. And so what are you writing? So I've just started uh, writing a new book for DPS. So, so this will uh, be your fifth book? Uh, or fourth? I think, I think is it fifth? I think it's fifth, Val. Yeah, it is. Digital photography school. Digital photography school. So, so that's very exciting. So, what's, what's it going to be about? It's been a. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say. Okay, it. secret yeah. squirrel, so, secret so, squirrel. So, so it, stay it's, tuned. Uh, it's going to be on photography, though. You can... Oh, you think? <laughs> <laughs> it could be about health. I could be writing about treadmill okay. deaths. You yeah. Never know. Well, I'd just like to point out to listeners that uh, Gina is not sponsored by any brand of treadmill or IKEA. She's just slightly obsessive with things that she gets into from time to time. 
I'm very happy. I did read the newsletter uh, last week was about my uh, <laughs> treadmill. Yes. Test. So if you're not on Gina's newsletter, uh, you wouldn't have seen the photo, but we will do a blog post about it. But uh, those of you who are on Gina's newsletter uh, will have seen a photo of the uh, MacGyvered treadmill desk. But let us move on from treadmill desks <laughs> to um, some listener feedback. We had this great uh, message from Marco Harker from Finland. Finland, because regular listeners will know that Gina is very fond of the word kaka. Uh, so, you know, she says things like when the kaka hits the fan, you know, she gives you suggestions of what to do when the light is kaka. <laughs> um, and it's just sort of another word for, well, crap, really. But uh, Marco has said that he was really confused because they also have kaka, K-A-K-K-A, in the Finnish language. Finnish language. So he was really confused to hear Gina repeatedly use it in exactly the right context. <laughs> so well, who knew that you spoke Finnish, Gina? I know. Uh, how's that? So I can now say that I, uh, you know, I speak three languages. You're multilingual. Oh, look at that. <laughs> so before we move on to our topic this week, you've also come up with an interesting link for us. What's Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found this on, on board Pandavel and it's um, uh, this photographer, like at first glance when you look at the the work, of it's, it's uh, an art director by the name of uh, Stephen McMenemy uh, who it, when you at first glance you look at the photos and you think, oh, yeah, big deal, uh, like you'll see a guy in a forklift and he's lifting up like uh, what looks like giant spaghetti and meatballs, right? And you go, well, I could do that in Photoshop in in two minutes, you know. Or you see a truck being filled with Fruit Loops from a giant box of Fruit Loops, right? Breakfast cereal. Or a guy putting a, an umbrella, which is like one of those cocktail umbrellas when you get the the, the cocktails in a bar, mm. it, 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 making it look like it's a beach umbrella, a giant hand coming in. You go, big deal right? Mm -hmm. But what this art director has done that is so clever is he's actually uh, merged two photos together, two completely different photos Mm. to create these these, uh, images. And that's what's so clever. No Mm. Photoshop involved. It's just two photos that as if they're put one on top of each other. Exactly. Or side by side or whatever. Exactly. Very clever. A woman holding an ice cream cone, so it's a detailed shot of a hand holding a cone, and then it's uh, the white uh, ice cream on the top, and then someone skiing off the top. So that the the the, the photo is uh, a skier on a mountain mm. merged with a hand holding a cone. It's so so clever, very clever. And the only way this is going to work is if you have almost exactly the same coloured background, so that you can actually put the photos next to each other and it appear like one photo. Yeah, but it, it took me a while to, to work it out because yeah. I could I, at first glance you can't tell that they're two different uh, two different images. Well, good on you, Stephen McMenemy. So no. um, let's move on to the photo critique of the week. Michael W. Dodge has sent through a photo. Please tell us about it. 
Yeah, so uh, Michael has uh, sent in uh, a shot of his son and uh, he, he says that the main influence here uh, was a blog post that I did about photographing comedians a little while ago. And um, so he's, he, he writes that his long-suffering older son, uh, Brennan, frequently serves as his stand-in because uh, mm. he hasn't got a mannequin's head yet. He needs uh, to get a Wayne or a Kate. And there's some great ones turning up. We've I've seen some really some really cool ones that are that keep appearing. Um, so, and and so he he read the article and and in the article I talk about how when I'm photographing comedians, I like to photograph them looking pretty formal as a portrait, and then I'll add like a small twist that shouldn't be there. And yeah. so that's exactly what he's done with this shot. And I actually. I absolutely love it. So what he's got is uh, Brennan is uh, standing in. It looks like a very uh, like a, like a beautiful uh, Italian Renaissance kind of a garden, doesn't it, Val? Yeah. Like you could be in Florence or somewhere. Yep. So it's so a very proper, beautiful uh, garden, and you can see the the. Uh, the the wall there in is sort of an Italian Renaissance style is the only way I could describe it so very old worldly and beautiful and then there's Brennan is uh is posed in I don't know a ridiculous pose like a ninja style <laughs> like ninja style and know, it, yeah kind of like a ninja style fighting exercise pose but he is completely serious in the manner and the face, like, mm. you know, as in th- this is how he's supposed to be standing. But then he's also dressed uh, in, in typical sort of, uh, you know, very hipster in his style with the, 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 com- the chuck shoes, the converse and the socks and the, the shorts and the hoodie. So it's all the whole look. It's, it looks so out of place with where it is. But I could see, Val, I could see someone like John Cleese pose mm, like this. Absolutely. Or, or, you know, any manner of comedians. I could see this type of shot in Vanity Fair easily. Yeah. You know, it's a very Vanity Fair style shoot. So I, I absolutely, absolutely love it. It's funny. It made me laugh. It, mm. it is like it, it would go well in any editorial um, a spread about a, a comedian or I think it's great. Yeah, I think it'd suit a comedian or it'd suit a tech billionaire because the, the clothes that Brennan <laughs> is wearing is kind of hipster meets revenge of the nerds. Yes. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't see Reese Witherspoon posing like that or anything like that. Um, but it's it's a great shot, Michael. Well done. So, so thanks, much personality. Yeah, thanks for sending it in. But oh. I want to move on to this week's topic, and it's something that is of huge interest to me. Now, I have to confess to uh, everyone that um, last time – well, not last time. One of the last times that I was shooting with Gina, she we had a bit of spare time, and she Gina asked me to use her camera and shoot her. Mm. So that Gina could get some of her own, you know, portrait shots of her because obviously Gina can't shoot herself. So she got me to do it and I was very excited. I was going to be shooting Gina Militia. And months later I said, oh, Gina, you've got to use one of those shots that I shot of you. And what did you say, Gina? Uh, They're all out of focus, (laughs) Val. So I have an issue when it comes to focus from time to time. I'm not afraid to admit it. So uh, (laughs) this is um, 
And, you know, because you're not always just shooting for Instagram where you can put a filter on it and a little bit of softness doesn't matter. Sometimes you actually do need to be in focus. Mm. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so this particular episode is to help all of those people who, like me, may need a little bit of extra help. So where do we start? All right. Well, so... Do you know, and we've talked about this before, Val, and I know what your answer is going to be, but it's like there's there's not many things that are more frustrating than when you run out of Nutella late at night. I know <laughs> for you it's scotch, isn't it? When you run out of scotch, you get really frustrated. But but the one thing that, 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 that I just hate is when I think I've nailed that killer shot mm. and it's out of focus it's so frustrating and Mm. I can remember early on in my career it used to happen a lot and I never ever understood why and 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 like I would try all sorts of different things and I could never get my like I would miss about I don't know half my shots were soft Mm. soft out of focus and so I spent like a long time Val trying to hack into all all the the ways of getting my shots sharp Mm. and I've got there but it shouldn't take this long Mm -hmm. it shouldn't take 25 years for you to be saying I've got 95% of my images sharp and to be confident in that department so Mm. this uh this podcast today, I'm going to give you everything I know about getting your, your all the information I know about getting your shots sharp so that doesn't happen. And so, Val, the next time I hand you my camera, <laughs> you're going to nail the sharpness. You're going to know okay. what to do and you're going to know what to look for. So the first thing I want to talk about, Val, is that, that, that not all blur is created equal. So it's like you look at a shot and it's out of focus but it's not for all the same reasons. There's, oh, yes. there's, so there's five factors that are going to um, cause your photo to be soft, which is like a, a photography term. You, we, we, we call it soft or unsharp, okay? So the first one is motion blur. And so that's when you're photographing something and the subject moves, mm. all right? And I can remember I um, one of the first studios I was sharing with was with a photographer by the name of uh, David Simmons. He's a very well-known Australian photographer and um, he mentored me a little bit on in the early days and he loves telling this story that he overheard me with uh, a client that had come in to pick up their shots mm. and he said to me, um, some of the photos are out of focus, Gina. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you guys moved, <laughs> right? And they're like, and they apologised and paid me anyway. And he was in hysterics. He's like, I can't believe you got away with that. And I'm like, but they did. They moved. Like, I was doing everything right. So, oh, so, so motion blur when the subject is moving is going to cause your uh, photos to be out of focus. Yeah. All right. The next thing that that'll cause uh, your your photo to be out of focus is something called camera shake, and that's uh, the image is blurry because the ca- actual camera moves. Yes, okay. which is and that's potentially because you've moved, you've moved it with your hands. You've moved with your hands, so you're not holding it steady enough. Okay, the other one is uh, your choice of depth of field. Okay, yes. so that that might be wrong, and that can cause your photo to be out of focus. Yeah. Uh, d- Poor focus, Valerie, was going to cause 
your, your photo to be out of focus, but there's a lot of things that you can do to improve on that. Okay. And then finally, the quality of light yeah. in the is going to have a big effect on how uh, sharp your photo is going to be. So let's all break them all down and go through the best ways that we can get super sharp images okay. and, and control of those things, all right? So first so how, up... How can you control the first one where the subject moves? All right, so there's basically only one way to control motion blur and that's shutter speed. Shutter mm. speed controls movement, okay? So... Um, most so when I'm doing a portrait, if you're doing a static portrait of someone, or you're doing uh, a landscape, or someone speaking on stage, or a sports shot, I think it's really crucial that you get freeze the motion. Yeah, all right. And so you do that uh, by uh, adjusting your shutter speed, or you're photographing a child that's fidgeting. Yeah. You want them to freeze. It doesn't look it doesn't look great when there's movement. No, all right. But then there's other times when introducing a bit of movement can actually make the shot. So I've done shots where I'll be photographing a still life situation, and to give the the photo some life, I'll actually uh, slow my shutter speed down and allow the blur to be happening. So if it's a room set. And I'm trying to sh- photograph like a kitchen and someone's on the laptop. I might have someone walking through behind the scene mm. and, and have them going really slowly to show that blur. Sure. All right. So there's certain situations where, yes, it's good. But if you're photographing uh, static portraits or sport, you want to try and um, freeze the motion. So as a general rule, if you're doing portraits handheld, you want to be at one one twenty fifth of a second or higher. Right. And if you're doing sports and action, you want to be a one five hundredth of a second yep. and higher, okay? And also, if you want to really, really freeze sports action, try shooting in burst mode so you can adjust the uh, the mm. shutter speed to, like, instead of doing one frame at a time, it'll do, like, you know, a whole burst, like, ten at a time, really fast. So that's good for sport, all right? So there's another really good rule of thumb that you need to remember and consider when you, you're shooting handheld, and that is that um, you select your shutter speed based on what your uh, lens choice is and double it. So mm. if you're shooting a, a 50mm lens, mm. you want to um, choose an, a, a shutter speed of 1 one-hundredth of a second is mm. going to guarantee that you're going to get a sharp shot. And that's more to do with camera shake, but it's also going to help you with your shutter speed as well. So if you're shooting like – and it took me ages to work this out, Val, when I got my first zoom lens. Yeah. I was constantly getting my shots when I'm like, I'm, I'm na- I knew I was nailing my focus, yeah. but the shots were looking like shaky, like a bit of camera shake. And it was because like the lens is so long that you can't actually hold it steady in your hand yes. at a certain um, shutter speed. So yeah. if you're shooting with a, a 200mm lens, you want to be at one four hundredth of a second to make sure that you, you're going to have uh, a sharp shot and yeah. avoid that shake, all right? So that's just a really good uh, rule of thumb to remember. Mm, that's a good one. We'll put, that right. in, we'll put those in the show notes too. Yeah, 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 for sure. The next one I want to talk about is, mm-hmm. is the actual camera shake. This is probably, yeah, I, this, ha- this happens to me. That's one yeah. of the reasons I'm out of focus. Yeah, because mm-hmm. your camera's not, like not steady, you're not holding it well enough. So basically... Um, 
the one, the best way, and this is what I've found, and this is why I know I shoot 90% of my stuff on tripod is, you know, shoot on tripod. That's the only way you're going to avoid camera shake. Yeah. Uh, so if you do, love to do like landscapes and things like that where you want to be, have a longer exposure, then you want to invest in a good steady tripod. If you don't have the bucks and you and you don't want to lug something heavy around, then it's a really good idea that if you've got like you've got fifty of these really light tripods at, at your place, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. that that's fine. You can get one of those. But you need to weight it down with something. So mm. you just get like an old Hessian bag or something and fill it with weight. So like uh, milk or drink, like you kiss, uh, save your empty uh, two-litre drink containers mm. and just keep some of those in the car. And when you go on a location, fill them with water when you get to the location and, and put them in the bag and hang that from the tripod. Yeah. That's going to have like, you know, you can have like six kilos of weight, extra weight on your tripod and that's going to make it really, really sturdy. Mm-hmm. Okay? So um, that's the tripod was, is going to get rid of all, all camera shake. You're not always going to be able to shoot on a tripod. No. And there, there are times when you just don't want to be lugging around. I know when I travel, I don't always want to have a tripod with me. It's that extra weight. So what do you do in those situations? So there are ways. MacGyver it. Actually, you can MacGyver a tripod, so <laughs> yes. So you've seen me. We did this in New York together, where you saw me constantly leaning over, um, like uh, poles and um, rubbish bins, rubbish bins, and all that sort of stuff, mm. just to to be able to have something to brace and steady myself against. Mm. And th- there's there's some other techniques. Um, so going back to uh, David, my, my one of my early mentors, he was like really well known for doing a lot of film still work, mm. uh, like through the eighties, and 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 did a lot of stage work with 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 uh, performers. And he said there was times when he wasn't allowed to have um, tripods, and he could actually handheld for like a one fifteenth of a second oh, and get them that. sharp, wow. which is there's no way. But there are techniques that you can do, and I've actually put these in the show notes. There's brace techniques. Mm-hmm. that you can do to actually make yourself so it's almost like you're making yourself the tripod okay right. so when you're holding your camera you want to have it held in you know in both hands and keep your elbows in really close to your body right so that your elbows are braced up against your body and i've taken some um some some photos for you of uh of With examples rat- yeah yeah and so um and, and holding and showing you these bracing techniques and the, and and another thing that you want to try and look for is something to support your body so like david was also saying to him t- to me that when he would be at a, a performance he would also always lean up against a wall mm. shooting because then he's braced and it stops your body and it's just like a little bit of swaying that that can yeah. affect the shot so and so you, you you've got your elbows in holding the camera and then you've got the wall as extra support and an extra brace and that's going to guarantee that you get a sharp shot the other thing to remember that when you're taking a shot you get excited what? <laughs> you go oh god it's a great photo i'm gonna take yeah. a photo, and you really like push down on the shutter that's true <laughs> whole camera moves so it's just a matter of like remembering that it's just like a gentle little squeeze yeah when you take this, take the shot, okay. And you can also like sit down on the ground and use your knees as a brace, and always have both hands on the camera. So like the one-handed camera shot looks really cool, really hip, but you're not really controlling the camera really. No. You want to get those um, those like nice uh, strong shots, then that that's the sort of stuff you want to avoid as well. 
cool. There's also Val, and we've uh, I think we've uh, mentioned this before in earlier shows, but I actually uh, went to the trouble of testing this out. The uh, bit of string and a stick MacGyver hack. Oh yes. I tested it. So I actually got, uh, I found an old metal ruler that I had and I got some red ribbon, tied it around the bottom of the ruler. Um, and then you step, you step on the, 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 the ruler. On either side of the ruler. Yeah. So that yeah. the string is in the middle. Yeah. And then you tie the other end to the bottom of your camera, or you can actually just tie it around your lens, right? Mm. And then you pull it tight so mm. that it reaches up to your face. You pull it really taut mm. and it kind of like, you're braced. It's really secure. Mm. And, and one of our listeners uh, suggested this in the Google Plus group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and great idea. It, and, and it really works. So if you can just like, um, you know, if you're wanting to shoot a concert or you're in a, like you know how sometimes when you go uh, traveling and you go into a church or places like that, you really want to do that interior shop but they're not going to let you take a trip. Mm. This, this might work for you. So it's, it's a great it's, hack. It's, it's a, it is a great hack. So, so clever. So that's a, that's a, a handy way. And so I've also uh, put that in the show notes as mm. well. Really, <laughs> really clever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I have a real thing with Camera Shake and I need to get a um, – uh, even though I've got 50 lightweight uh, tripods, I definitely need to get a uh, industrial one like, you know, the ones you use so that, you know, there's a bit more uh, security there. <laughs> The security, yeah. So even like a, an entry-level one, Val, yeah. sort of one above the ones you've got um, and uh, I don't know what you're going to do with all your others. <laughs> but the other issue that I have, apart from camera shake, is just actually getting it in focus. Ha- yeah. <laughs> I like how you go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go on. What am I doing wrong? They were good headshots though. I know, but obviously you can't use any of them. I can't use any of them because (laughs) they're just a bit soft. Okay. Um, So focus. It it is tricky. You can actually uh, just set it all. You set your camera on auto and it'll focus for you. The problem with that is the camera is going to decide what areas of the uh, the shot that you want in focus. Yeah. So it'll pick those areas. And, and, and there are really clever cameras. Hans, really, Hans who works in the camera store, who programs all the cameras, mm. right? This is a fictitious done, Hans to those of you who are new. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Has done a great job now with uh, facial recognition mm. where you know that there's a face and so that's where he'll send all the, 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 the focus sensors and they'll focus on that. But what if you're uh, photographing a whole group of people or what if you just want to photograph one person who's standing in front of the group mm. and you want the group of people in the background to be out of focus or what if the group of people in the background are actually sheep? Hey, yes. has thought about that, has he? Okay. Because it, it'll recognise them as faces as well. Yes. Or what if they've got, you're photographing somebody with two faces? Exactly. Has <laughs> that ever happened? <laughs> what is then? Which face? You know those identical twins? Yes. What if you just want to photograph one of them? Yeah, there you go. It's very confusing. Very so, confusing. Um, this is where if you can take control of the actual focus of your shot and, 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 and go into ma- focusing yourself, you mm. need to have more creative control and you can have photos where you'll have someone like 
right on the very edge of frame and you're working with that negative space. So you've got just someone there in focus and the rest of the, the shot is out of focus. There's so much more you can do. But are you suggesting that we, if in these scenarios, we change it to manual focus? Is that what you're saying? I'm not clear. I'm talking about, I'm okay, so personally, mm-hmm. when it comes to between shooting between manually focusing and auto-focusing, yes. I used to, I think for the first 10 years as a photographer, first 15 maybe, I, I manually focused everything mm-hmm. right? uh, because autofocus was shite on mm-hmm. most cameras. It just was never sharp enough. But yep. I have to say that I think it might have something to do with my eyes getting up. <laughs> Yes. No, but I've actually had this conversation with a lot of photographers. Mm-hmm. Uh, autofocus, I think today is actually sharper than our eyesight. Yeah. So I can I can I can get a sharper shot than if I had a had a go at sh- uh, at, at uh, manually focusing. So I shoot sure. everything autofocus. Okay, but rather than manual focus. Okay. So, so how did I get it so wrong when I shot you? <laughs> So I know exactly what you did, Val, right. and I'm going to run through how, how to do it. So, so first of all, just in terms of focus, I think the first thing that everybody should do as a photographer is just make sure that you've had your eyesight checked yes. and it's all up to date. Yes. And then also like there's at the back of the camera uh, where the viewfinder is, there's a little thing called a diopter. So you can um, actually manually, so on your new um, 5D valve, mm. around the, if you pull off the, um, the cap where the yep. rubber, rubber cap, mm-hmm. you can dial in to your eyesight. Right. It is. Up, I think it's up to plus two or mm-hmm. plus three, but have a play around. So, so if you're looking through your viewfinder and it's not, not crisp, just mm-hmm. dial that in and make sure that, you know, everything's nice and sharp and you're seeing well because it might be set to someone else's eyesight. Yep. So worth doing. Okay. All right. When it comes to um, shooting modes, in, in, in the autofocus, you've got a couple of ways that you can shoot. So there's, uh, there's a single shot autofocus. Mm. Yes. And in and and then you can actually uh, let the camera choose where it wants to focus on, mm-hmm. or you can take control. And this is what I'm going to run you through. And you can actually select your autofocus point. So mm-hmm. most cameras give you the option, and it depends on like if you've got a, an entry level, there'll be fewer points that you can choose the focus on. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a like a the next cameras up, they give you more points of, of focus. So basically, when you look through your camera. Mm. you're going to see uh, and, and, and you half press your shutter, yep. you're going to see like lots of little squares yes. across the image. Yes. And then when you press, you're going to see that one of the squares becomes red. Yes. Okay. Now, I think the default will be that it'll be the square in the middle only is red. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what happens uh is that most a lot of photographers what they like to do is they will f- uh, find half press the shutter mm. okay and and focus on say I'm doing a portrait yes. of you okay I, I will put that middle uh, square over your eye half press the shutter okay so that because I want your eye to be sharp and then take the shot and that's it. So you're dead, dead centre of the frame, your right. eyes in focus and everything's sharp. Mm-hmm. What happens is, what happens if you're to the side of the frame? Who, who's, not, who's to the side of the frame? You, you, if, you're, if I'm framing you up and I want you 
over to one side of the frame. Oh, so if the subject is the to the side yeah. of the frame, yeah. Okay, and then you've got your focus point is yeah. in the centre. What do you do in that situation? Well, a lot of people just take the shot and then they realise when they get their shots, they look at their shots, that how, how come my face keeps being out of focus? So it's actually I've put some examples of, of, of this in the show notes where um, if you're not focusing on, on the, the actual eye and, and the focus point isn't set over the area that you want to focus, you're going to get a shot that's out of focus. Yes. So there's things that you can do. There's two ways. The first way is you find your point of focus. The eye. Shot, yes. Mm-hmm. And then while your uh, shutter is half depressed. Yes, move to the move your final camera. frame. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then take your shot. All right, yes. that locks the focus in. I find that really tricky and I miss a lot of shots that way. And also uh, if you suffer from camera shake generally, yeah, that's not going to, you know, help. So a better way I find to do it is to actually manually select your autofocus point. So um, oh. got all these areas across uh, the centre of the frame and, and running down the middle where you can choose what part of the frame you want to be in focus. So you can actually move that little red sensor up, down and across to exactly where you want to be in focus. And how do you move it? So you just there's there's you select your AF point. So every camera is different, and it's like worthwhile just uh, having a look at the manual. It's not very hard to do, mm-hmm. and then you've got uh, a wheel that will scroll it around up and down, or um, left, right, or up and down, so vertically and horizontally, mm-hmm. okay, until you get it in exactly the same spot. And then if it's not in exactly the right spot, what I do is I just tend to move a little bit until it is. You know, for me, I'm shooting portraits all the time. Mm. All it's about for me is getting my eyes sharp. Yeah, right. Do it. So you're selecting your point and and, uh, you're you're moving it around until you get it sharp and then you're depressing and shooting and bang, you get a sharp image. Mm. So when you did my portrait, Val. Yes. I had set it up for mm, you and I kept, yes. remember how I kept saying, just get, make sure you get that red square over my eye. Yes. But you're so into getting the shot that you just forgot to notice where the red dot was. So you would have the red dot on my nose, <laughs> ear sharp, mouth was sharp. But my eye... no, I know what it was, Gina. I was too busy trying to channel Gina Militia, and I was too busy trying to two hundred in your hand. Like, oh my god, got a real camera! Look at me. I was too busy trying to channel you and trying to say, "Go on, make love to the camera." <laughs> and how many times have I ever, ever did that in my life? That's <laughs> why it didn't camera. work. <laughs> okay, I will know for next time. Next time I see you, we are setting up that shot again. Yeah, and you'll you'll absolutely I'll nail, nail it. it because I'm going to pick my the single I'm going to I'm going to pick the AF point. Exactly. So, I've put that and in And I'm the- not going to move the camera because that's what I was doing too. Yeah. So, yeah, move the AF point to get and, – and this I, – I think this is so much easier on a tripod yes. than handheld to just – you lock on, especially if you're doing a portrait session, you lock on to the eye and then 
or you are just focusing on um, the expression rather than, oh, my God, where's my camera? Is my is my shot going to be in focus? Yeah, yeah. Once it's set up on the tripod, I've locked on and then – Focus on directing. That's it. Yeah. So that, that's why I prefer to shoot on a tripod. It just frees you up for everything else that's important. But there's people who just swear by shooting uh, a bit more freestyle. So um, mm. anyway, the, the other uh, – way that you can shoot with autofocus val is to use a continuous focus okay so basically um that's how sport photographers get their shots if someone's running towards them Mm. towards the camera if you change it to this this style of focus basically what the camera does again hans like brilliant man i know i hang it on him a bit but he's very clever really <laughs> so he's worked out a way that you can actually the camera will you lock on to your point of focus and mm. it will continue to track and adjust its focus as the person is moving through the frame or across the frame so so if you're shooting anything that's moving you want to um, change your uh, shooting uh, AF style to continuous. And Clever so hands. Clever doing, hands. If you're doing weddings and you've got the bride coming up the aisle, mm. then that's how I shoot that. When I do my uh, walking towards camera shot that I've talked about so much, that's how I shoot it using uh, AF uh, servo instead mm. of full shot. Great. Great. Clever hands. All right. So... There's another way of uh, shooting Val, and that's uh, using uh, back button focus. And back you've heard, button focus. You've heard the saying, "Once you go back, you never go back." <laughs> <laughs> Is that how the saying goes? Once you go back, you never look back. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> And so they were referring to back button focus with that. Of course they were. So back button focus is something, it's kind of like, you know when people give up gluten? Yeah. And then they become really annoying about it? Yes, yes. (laughs) Because they know how great it is and they just want to share it with everyone. So people who go to back button focus Mm. will tell you, it's amazing. This will change your life, and I believe them. It's true. But it for me to switch to this style of focus, it means another two weeks I need to invest in getting my head around it, unlearning everything that I've learnt for 25 years, and then applying it. All it's right, tell like, us what back button focus is. So basically what it is is uh, you – you on your camera, you assign a different bu- button on the camera to to handle focus, mm. and and it separates it from the shutter. So what it does is it means that your shutter is just for taking shots mm. and metering, and focus is uh, another camera on the back. Uh, on another the, button on the camera. Back button focus. Oh. So you've got to go, to set it up. You have to um, physically go into your camera settings, yep. and it's different again for every camera. I, I really it, look. If I was starting out again now, uh-huh. I had my time again. I would try and learn back button focus. I think Val, maybe you want to invest invest a little bit of time and try and learn how to do it. It's like it, having a clutch on your car. It's really really good because it allows you to switch. Really easily between continuous and single focus, and it makes it uh, life a lot easier. So okay. I mean, I'm te- I'm really tempted to try and set it up. I I'd be keen to hear uh, any of the listeners who are who yeah, are, tell you know, us who have switched over mm. and how they feel about it. Some like 
honestly, people love it, like love it. And yeah, when- we, we would love to hear from you and tell us whether you also think once you go back, you never look back. <laughs> yes. Mm. Okay. What, what about depth of field? I mean, that's surely that's a deliberate thing, but maybe is it, are you saying sometimes we get it wrong? Well, yeah, it is. I mean, you, you choose your depth of field, so the, 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 the range of how much uh, appears in focus in a shot. So if we, we're mm. shooting um, a shot with a shallow depth of field, mm. uh, uh, less items in the, in the frame are going to be yes. in focus, okay? That means and you're if, shooting at a lower f-stop. Yeah, so if we use a, a deeper a, a depth of field, then like, like you're going to have your shot uh, sharp all the way through. Yes. So times when you want um, a really uh, long, deep depth of field is maybe when you're shooting uh, landscapes. But mm. it, at the times when uh, you want a, like a, a good sort of uh, a nice out-of-focus background, portraits ideally, you know, and yep. we talked about Boca a couple of episodes ago where, where it really makes for the shot. The problem um, with the depth of field choice is that can actually be affecting how sharp your images are. So mm. not all lenses are also created equal. So mm. what happens is if you've got maybe a, a sort of a, a cheaper build lens, mm. that's a, a going to have an effect on on how sharp your images are going to be. Yeah. But also like the, the manufacturer will say like, did you just buy yourself a 1.850, did yeah. you say? Right, yeah. so um, you you would expect that, like, you, when you open one point four, I can't remember now. All right, well, 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 it's like they design the lenses that when their their best spot, the sweet spot of a lens where yes. it is the, the sharpest, mm. is actually somewhere in the middle, and they get they're not so great, not as sharp uh, towards the outer ends, right. So, so if you've got, say, uh, you buy the uh, 1.8 50-millimetre lens, mm. at 1.8 wide open, it's not going to be uh, as, as crisp as if you came in, say, two stops in mm. and, and shot at 2.2. Right. So keep that in mind. I know for a fact that when I use my uh, 2.8 70 to 200-mil lens, mm. 2.8, sometimes shooting wide open, it just really struggles to get super, super sharp shots. Right. And I know that that lens, 5.6 is its sweet spot. I know that I will get super crisp, beautiful sharpness at, 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 at 5.6. And I also know that uh, when I'm doing a, a group shot, uh, 22 is not necessarily going to give me uh, – so say I need to, the shot to be sharp all the way through, Val, yep. if you've got like a full cast shot yep. where I might have people sitting at the front and then there might be people, say, three feet to five feet behind, so there's yep. a gap between front and back. I used to think that oh, I need to crank it up and shoot at 22 to yep. make sure that I get it sharp all the way through. Yep. Not the case, Val. Mm. It's actually sharper at 16. Really? Yeah, and 11 is actually sharper again, which is... Counterintuitive. Exactly. But yeah. that's how lenses work. So, so just try them. So, and it's different with every lens. But, you know, and again, my 1.285, the lens I would uh, marry in a heartbeat, <laughs> is so beautiful. I love it so much. But at 1.2, it, it's not as sharp as, say, uh, 1.8. Right. 1. 
1.6. So now I know that, and so I'll generally stop down. I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, not always going to shoot at 1.2 just because I want to be like that out of focus. Mm. I know it's not going to be as sharp. So the moral of the story is experiment with the different combinations experiment and with your different lenses. And just keep that in mind and know that. So if it's crucial that you, if, you, if you're not getting the, the shots that are super, super sharp, mm. then check out the, the aperture that you're shooting in and really have a think about that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not just your aperture. It's a number of different things that we've, you know, identified. But yeah. I understand there's also what you call the car car zone. Yeah, the autofocus <laughs> zone, Val. And so there are certain situations that you shoot in that are just almost impossible to get a good lock on to, to, to be able to, to get something sharp. So I don't know if you've ever tried this, but have you ever tried to get a shot of the sky? <laughs> Where the sky? Blue, yeah, just blue sky with autofocus. Point um... your camera up. <laughs> No. And try and lock on. Have a try. Okay. Uh, you know, next time it's blue. The, 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 the camera. Oh, it goes confused. Sky- yeah. <laughs> it's like when you try and shoot the wall. I don't really try to shoot the sky, but I've tried to like shoot the wall. Like a wall or yeah, something Yeah, it like gets that. totally confused. It actually just throws its hands up in the yeah. air, screaming to its mama. Mm. You know, it, you, it, it can't cope. No. So how, how a camera like its autofocus works is it looks for contrast mm. to lock onto. Yes. So if you're shooting in uh, the, so the autofocus kaka zones that I've found <laughs> is like low contrast light. Mm. So really flat, like, so twilight, you know, very early morning where the light's mm. so, so soft that there just isn't any contrast. Mm. Um, and, and also like heavily backlit scenarios. Yeah. The, the camera just gets confused and it's, yeah, sure. it's <laughs> and you just can't get a lock on. So um, very, very, very tricky situations to mm. uh, focus in, but there are hacks that you can do for these situations. Detail the hacks. So, Let me guess, I know one you're going to say. Yeah. Where you, particularly if it's in low light, you – Get your, you know, hu- your um, human tripod assistant, whatever you call it, to use an iPhone. <laughs> I can't remember what you call it. <laughs> to hold an iPhone in front of the subject so that yeah. you can use the light of the iPhone to focus on. Yeah, basically what that does is the light of the iPhone uh, creates extra contrast in the shot yep. and easily gives the uh, camera something to lock onto. So you, you, you lock on your focus and then uh, switch it off onto uh, uh, manual focus mm. because otherwise every shot the camera is going to be looking, looking for the iPhone so again. This yeah. will only work if you've got a static portrait. So yes. often when I'm doing those lovely twilight shots where the background looks amazing and it's really soft light and I might be adding a little bit of extra flash into the shot to make it really uh, edgy mm. but could never get a focus in those situations. Mm. And that, that, that sort of that, that scenario with the iPhone or or any any mobile any mobile phone mm. works really well when it's heavily backlit as as well. Yes, yes, of course. It gives you something. And and the other thing, if you don't happen to have a, a screen, the other thing to do is just uh, put uh, like a fillboard or something behind the person to mm. block the backlight momentarily. Mm. Get your focus, lock on, 
and then take the board that away. That is a so that, great idea. That's, another, that's an old school way and that's what we used to do before everyone had uh, phones in their pockets. But that is a great idea. It makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, because you're just blocking the light momentarily just so yes. you can look on and, and get a decent focus. And a decent metering if you are using, you know, looking for that. Exactly, mm. exactly. So, okay. so yeah, so, I mean, you can't, you don't want to avoid the Kaka autofocus zone because that's, unfortunately, that's where the, 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 the great opportunities for yeah. good looking are because it's, if I've got a situation where the light is really flat and dull mm. or it's twilight and low light, then putting in a little bit of extra fill flash into that situation mm. suddenly makes it a, like a really magical shot. Or backlit, I love, you know, it's my obsession. Mm. Current backlit photos, but almost impossible to focus because you can never, the camera can't find anything to yep. lock to. You just need that edge of contrast for the, for the camera to lock on. Yeah, awesome. Okay, great. So basically, if, you know, like me, you have some issues getting things that are sharp, remember that it's not always just camera shake. It is sometimes because, you know, the subject is moving. It could be camera shake, could be depth of field. It could be just poor focus, but Gina's just talked about some hacks for that. Or it could be issues to do with the light. And, um, and again, Gina's just mentioned some hacks for that as well. So, yeah, that's awesome. What else do we need to know? So just a few extra things to consider. Um, prime lenses are always going to be uh, sharper than zoom lenses. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, always uh, make sure that your lenses are – giving them a really good clean before you shoot because that's mm. going to affect how sharp. So if there's like gunk and stuff on the inside or outside, of, you know, like sort of the, the part that attaches to the camera, just mm. check and make sure that's nice and clean with, you know, with a proper cleaning cloth. Um, don't just use like <laughs> – what's that movie? You know my big fat Greek wedding? Mm. Where the, have you seen it? Oh, no, I haven't actually. The guy is solution for everything is put some Windex on it, like everything to clean. But but like don't don't use any commercial cleaners on your lens. Just like a nice uh, soft cloth, right. and, and just give it a good clean and clean the front, mm-hmm. and that might uh, really help with uh, making sure your stuff's focused. And also clean the bit where you look through. Yes, <laughs> and, and so so you can see really well, and uh, that will help. And another, if you've got a lens, a lot of lenses have image stabilization. Um, uh, in them so it's mm. like a uh, like it's a little system that uh, it's kind of like a little motor that, that continues to stabilize the lens and it's best for when you're hand holding it can give you another two stops so it'll just get get rid of any um, little extra shake that you've got yeah but if you're using that turned on when your camera is on a tripod it's actually going to add shake rather than remove so ah. always turn it off when your camera is on a tripod yeah right Awesome. Well, I think that hashtag Gina challenge this week has to be sharp, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, yeah, of course. But, you know, you can uh, interpret that how you will. You, you can, it could be whatever you think, whether you want to send an image that is sharp or whether you want to send <laughs> an image of, of something sharp. Uh, that's completely up to you. So what we do is every week we pick a theme and uh, we upload it onto the interwebs under hashtag Gina Challenge so that we can all have a look at each other's photos and, you know, comment on them. Um, the ideal place to, up, uh, to upload them is Instagram. And we would actually love your 
help on one particular thing that we've been thinking of. As you know that until now we have had, well, we still have a Google group for So You Want to Be a Photographer, but we're now contemplating whether we should move this over to a Facebook group. And of course, in the Facebook group that only people in the group can see the shots and there's, um, I'm, I'm a member of quite a lot of Facebook groups and I'm, there's a lot of interaction in those. So we, we're kind of thinking that we might move over the Google Plus group into the Facebook group. We'd love to hear your mm. thoughts on that, whether you are in the Google Plus group or, or not. Just let us know. I mean, just yes. let us know your opinion. You know, would you, are you more likely to join Facebook? Are you not in the Google Plus group because you'd rather join Facebook? Just, um, you know, tweet us. Uh, I'm at Valerie Koo. Gina's at Gina Militia. Or yep. you can email news at com. But we're probably going to make a decision on this in the next couple of weeks. And we would really, really love your feedback because essentially this, the group is for you guys, you know, for the community, for our listeners, so that you can connect with each other as well as us and um yeah and I do admit that uh, I'm a bit more active on Facebook but uh tell us what you think love to know but in yep. the meantime hashtag Gina challenge is sharp so can't yep. wait to see your shots so that brings us almost to the end of our episode this week Gina I've learned a lot I'm a bit embarrassed that I didn't know some of those things beforehand maybe I should have picked your brain a bit more earlier as well but I'm really glad that you were able to share them with everyone oh don't be embarrassed but it took me 25 years to work out (laughs) all of this stuff honestly and it's 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 something that takes time but uh when when you get it it's just so satisfying to have the confidence to shoot and know you're going to get your shot sharp so Mm. well worth learning all of this yeah no that's awesome i think this is going to be a popular topic so before we wrap up what are you going to be up to this week all right so i've got a couple of uh shoots happening during the week and then also so i've got to divide up my time and sort of get into uh really get into the writing of the book and uh enjoying my uh treadmill desk as well (laughs) (laughs) what about you bell i'm heading off to tasmania so um that should be fun, yeah. Tasmania is uh, the not the last time, but the time before, the second last time I was in Tasmania, I was actually hanging out with a group of 17 of, you know, world-class photographers who had all been taken there for, by Adobe Lightroom. Really? Yeah. And uh, they, you know, took these 17 photographers, which ranged from, you know, portrait photographers to landscape photographers to photojournalists to National Geographic photographers. And they were taken to, because Tasmania is utterly beautiful. Oh, my you know, God. It's yeah. a bit like New Zealand. It's a bit like yeah. going to Middle Earth. Yeah. And they took them to all these amazing locations in Tasmania so they could just shoot their, you know, bums off and use Adobe Lightroom. <laughs> and uh, at, at the end of the whole thing, they, um, all, they had an auction of, of, the, of some of the images, of the, some of the prints, limited edition prints. Um, in and they it was to raise money to raise funds to help save the Tasmanian devil, which yeah. unfortunately is suffering from that terrible facial tumor. Yeah, and uh, and that was awesome. And I ended up um, with five five photographs. I've seen those; they're amazing. That's yeah. that's a cool story. That's oh, you're gonna. I, I can't wait to see. Can you actually take photos of stuff out, not not just what you're eating, for, like? <laughs> 
when you go to Tasmania, maybe some of the scenery, <laughs> not just like, what? oh, here's two coffees. <laughs> and, oh, Valerie had cake in Tasmania because it looks like everywhere else. You've, like, you've been to the most amazing places in the world and yet all I see in your feed is cake. Are you taking your camera? I Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you follow my Instagram, they're, they're not as exotic as Gina's shots. I have to tell you, they're not as great as Gina's shots either. <laughs> but I will. I will. I will Landscapes. be. I, I know. I shall. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Looking forward to it, Val. Thanks. Thanks, Gina. No, no pressure or anything. <laughs> All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Please do sign up for Gina's you know, very informative and often very funny newsletter. That's at news. I mean, uh, sorry, go to Gina's website, ginamilitia.com. And uh, if you'd like to give us some feedback, um, do email us at news at ginamilitia.com. If you have 30 seconds to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it because it really helps us in the rankings. And, um, Just thank you so much for listening and for all of your shout-outs and connections on social media as well. So until we talk to you next week, uh, thanks a lot. We'll, We'll chat to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.